Hey, hi, how's it going? Welcome back to the Living Lizzie podcast with me, Lizzie. So excited to have you guys here as usual. Um, today, we are going to be talking about being a recovered people pleaser. Well, at least for the most part, recovered. But before we get into it, make sure that you like, subscribe, follow, whatever you do on the podcast platform that you listen on. And don't forget to share this defunction of dis, defunction, dysfunction of a podcast with your friends and family through your social media, as well as don't forget to tag me so I can thank you for listening. With that being said, let's dive into it. Guys, today we have our first ever special guest on the podcast. Come here. Come say hi. If you heard that, that was my dog, Kirby. <laughs> he is just, you know, it's 10, 15 at night tonight. And normally he crawls up into bed at like nine o'clock by himself and is like, hey, y'all, I'm out. I'm going to bed. But he is partying late tonight with me <laughs> as we touch on the topic of being a people pleaser. And I think this is something that every single person has dealt with within their life. And, you know, I would say that I started becoming a people pleaser in middle school and high school. I never had like a solid friend group because I was like that floater kid. I was abandoned by my dad. And so I wanted to just be, you know, wanted and I wanted to feel accepted and so whatever group of people that I could get myself around I would try to conform into what they wanted it's also a little mixture of imposter syndrome too that's a different podcast but this is all about people pleasing um and so in middle school because I was bullied so much plus everything with my dad I was like I just want to be wanted I just want to be accepted so I will please other people to feel accepted And in return, that caused a lot of problems. It caused depression. It caused anxiety because it was so difficult to keep up with this, you know, this facade, this person that wasn't truly me. And in middle school and high school, you know, we all go through that phase of just like wanting to fit in and when I went to college, I was like, you know what? I am just going to be myself. I'm going to be myself and I'm going to make new friends because that's how it always works, right? So when I first went to college, I told myself, I'm just going to be genuinely and authentically myself. You know, I just want to be me because I had spent all middle school and high school trying to please these people and just trying to fit in because I... You know, I was a gymnast and a dancer and my spring sport, whatever I did was just kind of like, you know, fill my time with something. Um, So I would hang out with the sports kids or the athletes, the sports kids. That makes me sound like I was never even in sports, (laughs) but um, I hung out with the athletes. And because I was in music, I was in choir and an orchestra. I would hang out with the orc dorks and the choir nerds. But my high school is kind of weird because there was athletes in our music program. They're basically both badass at that same level. And then um, I would go out and party a lot. So I'd hang out with the kids who would get in a lot of trouble, but I never got caught. Um, (laughs) And so I never had like that solid group of friends. I never was friends with the nerds or like the smart people because I was never book smart. I'm definitely 
way more street smart than book smart. And I know that. Um, and so I just kind of floated around in these groups. And so when I went to college, I just told myself, you know what, I'm just going to be 100% genuinely and authentically myself. And if I find friends who fit my vibe, we'll have a tribe. And at first that worked, you know, I became really good friends with the girls in my hall. And unfortunately, things just kind of flip the script. I'm a person who gets along with women who don't get along with other women. Basically, I get along with people who don't like drama. Like I love me a good Bravo television show. I love watching the drama from a distance, but I don't want to be inside of it. I just want to speak my piece, call it a day, but I don't want to get involved in all of that. And so um, I started becoming friends with these girls and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm friends with women. I'm friends with women. This is a first. And like, I'm just genuinely being authentically myself. Well, the turns have tabled tables have turned um because what happened is one day I decided to make a bagel and this guy came up to me and was like hey that bagel looks good teach me how to make this bagel I was like okay I'll teach you how to make it then the next day this kid comes up to me hey that bagel looks good can you teach me how to make it for sure then I was started to be called the bagel girl by these guys and I was like who how did I get this name and basically what this bagel was is you you bake it or you toast it (laughs) and then you put butter on it then you smother it in brown sugar till like melts or caramelizes then you like play-doh shape into a donut shape of the cream cheese then you place it on top of the brown sugar you can't you cannot smear the cream cheese on top of the brown sugar because then It just ruins the ratio and the proportions of brown sugar. It just it just makes a mess. So I would literally be in the dining hall like molding the (laughs) cream cheese in my hand in the shape of a bagel and then I would eat it and call it the uh, thousand calorie bagel, which honestly probably was a thousand calories. But I had all these guys come up to me like, hey, teach me how to make this bagel. And one day I was just like, how did I get this name bagel girl who are you guys and so I became friends with them and later learned that they were a part of the baseball team of my college I always just got along with guys better you know and whenever men would try I say boys we're gonna back it up they were not men boys when boys would try to exit the friend zone I would reel them back in and say hey you are a bro not a boyfriend you're a bro friend and you're going to stay there. You're not exiting this circle, okay? And so and so I became friends with these guys and I was like, "Oh my gosh, I have these group of girlfriends and there's a bunch of y'all and I have no interest in any of you, but all of them are single as pringles and let's let's collaborate. Let's collaborate the squads together and let's unite. Let's create a big force, a big squad." <laughs> and so they started mingling one girl started dating one of them the other one was trying to chase another girl and it slowly just quickly took a tumble and there's so much more to this story that led to the fallout of the squad um and it kind of was one of the girls had a fallout with one of the boys they're like you have to choose and I was like 
sure as shit, I am not choosing. I'm not choosing a side. Well, if you're not going to choose a side, then we're going to have to distance ourselves from you. Okay, that's fine. We still hung out, but then a kid from my high school. still remember it to this day because I was so deeply devastated that somebody from my high school who I went to elementary school with this kid, middle school and high school. But you know when you go to school with somebody but you don't know them? Like I graduated with almost a thousand people in my high school class. And basically they went to a fraternity dance and they told... (laughs) They told, this kid from my high school told the girls that I was friends with that all the things within my life was a lie, that my parents still lived together. We lived in this multi-million dollar home in the middle of the country. We had all this money, which wasn't true. If you listen to like my very first podcast of like my life, you'd know that's not true. But because he went to middle elementary middle school and high school with me, of course he knows everything about me. Of course he knows the truth about me. And he went to them. And it basically felt like all of these people that I had been genuinely and authentically myself with for the last three months, three, four months, was completely all just thrown to the trash. And at that moment, my my ego was bruised, my heart was bruised, and just like me as a person was hurt because I was like, I was just myself and... I just basically got put in a wood chipper and shredded up and just spit out. And it sucked. It really sucked. And that's when I started really people pleasing because I just wanted to be liked. And it's it's hard to get past that point of wanting to be liked and being yourself. So then I got into pageants where I was being authentically myself but with a filter and you know I put a filter of myself on social media I don't swear on social media this is like my I I consider my podcast kind of like a voice message I'm leaving to my best friend um but it's like 40 minutes long (laughs) every time I do it um and I can just be genuinely and authentically myself on here um And so in pageantry, you know, you have to have this good look. So I went back on my social media and I deleted all the things that I had said that would quote unquote look bad from me just being like authentically myself, you know, my 2007 through nine, just angsty teen Facebook posts that judges would potentially see. I went back and deleted all those. I deleted all the things that made Lizzie Lizzie because I didn't want people to look at it and judge me for it. I wanted them to look at me for the perfect prim and proper lady in six inch heels, a bikini and an evening gown and, you know, hair teased to the nines. I wanted them to look at her. I didn't want them to look at the mess that I was. So um, I got into this place and, you know, going to therapy was a blessing because it helped me be able to get out of this people pleasing, not phase, but out of that, you know, that lock of feeling like I have to please everybody. And so within pageantry, I felt like I had to please everyone. I felt like I had to put on this perfect prim face. I couldn't swear. I couldn't sound not intellectual unintellectual is that the word again 
not book smart. I failed English, I think, three times in college um, and had to beg, beg (laughs) my professors or my teachers in middle school and high school to let me pass English because I sucked at English and that's fine. Um, I'm just not book smart, street smart, for sure. Book smart, absolutely not. And I know my strengths and I know my weaknesses. Anyways, carrying on that little tangent. Um, So I went into pageantry and I put on this face that, you know, I was prim, I was proper, I was all these things. Granted, I would let my walls down around a few people. I would be my goofy self. I'd be my silly self. However, there was so much insecurity on the inside of, of pageantry. You know, you're surrounded by intelligent women. You're surrounded by beautiful and intelligent women. And... In that atmosphere, you grow a lot um, and you find things about yourself that you never knew about yourself um, in the sense of areas that you need to grow within your life. And people pleasing was one of the things that I needed to figure out. And, you know, when you go into pageants, when you're representing a state, you need to be unbiased. You can't be a Republican. You can't be a Democrat. You can't be pro-vax, you can't be anti-vax. You need to find a middle ground because when you're representing a state, you are, you're representing every single person within that state and every single one of those people has a different point of view than you. And when you are super open and honest about it, about your views, unfortunately at times it can be looked very negatively in the eyes of the judges. So I figured out a way to be myself, but with a really heavy filter with a sense of people pleasing behind it. And I think once I got out of that world of pageantry, I think I did it, what, for four or five years, I was officially in a sense of I had to find myself. I had to find who I was. And I truly think that my people pleasing recovery program started during quarantine because they say the five people that you surround yourself with most um, make up who you are if you surround yourself with five millionaires you're going to be the sixth millionaire if you surround yourself with five drug addicts you're going to be the sixth drug addict and so during quarantine it was just myself and my dog because even though lucas's um, restaurant or the bar that he worked at Um, was closed his owner is incredible Um, you know gave him the opportunity to just do little tasks here and there like painting walls scraping out the grease from the grout of the kitchen like doing tasks around the um, bar so he was gone still for like eight to nine hours a day to be able to Um, get his money that he needed that we needed to you know live and and I was at home with my dog (laughs) and when you are truly isolated by yourself that is when you are left alone in your thoughts all the thoughts that you thought you had before you know you're on a complete reset and something that my therapist and I talked about a ton is the shiny mask I'm really good at putting myself on a pedestal because I want to be looked at in a good perspective from people around me. I want people to look at me in a shiny way. Like I got my poop in a group. I, you know, that 
white picket fence. Yep, we sign me up for that. I have that because my life is so perfect. In reality, it's a hot mess express, guys. <laughs> and so I, for so long, have, you know, created this brand or this Lizzie that isn't a hundred percent true to myself. And that's something that my therapist and I have worked on so much because it's a protective a protective mechanism. Because I've been hurt so many times for being myself, I'm like, you know what? F it. I'm sick and tired of being hurt for who I am. I'm just gonna be almost who I am, but add like a little different twist to who I am around each person. And I am such a different person from who I was at the beginning of 2020 to who I am now because of isolation, because of therapy, and because of a ton of self-reflection. And throughout quarantine, I finally found who I was. And I wouldn't say 100% found out who I was, but I figured out who I was more than who I was prior. And with that being said, I learned so many things when it becomes a recovering people pleaser. So the first thing is you cannot please everyone. It literally is impossible. When you try to please everybody, you end up pleasing nobody. So it's so important at the end of the day to only please two people. One, yourself, and two, the man upstairs, God, audience of one. He's the only person that we need to have approval from. If you're not somebody who's deep into the religion world or you don't have a relationship with Christ, that's totally okay. But still at the end of the day, the only people that you need approval from is yourself and God. The second thing that I learned is that our world is so hurt and so depressed and so damaged because we have created this world of we need to please everybody but have you ever really thought about how draining and how tiring it is to please every single person you can't even say you don't like remotes oh you don't like remotes why don't you like remotes are you a remote hater Oh, we got to cancel you because you don't like remotes. Like that is where we have gotten (laughs) to this world, in this world, not to this world, in this world. We've gotten to this point where we can't say we don't like something without somebody trying to cancel us. And because of that, our country, our world is so depressed and so lost. They don't even know who they are because they are trying to please every single person's feelings that are out there and truly think about this think about this when you are trying to please every single person's opinions and feelings trying to please them except your own that's tiring you've lost yourself you've lost who you are and at at this point in the world where we're at you don't even know who you are because you're trying to listen to the thoughts and opinions of tens of thousands of people on the world and i can't say this because i don't want to offend that people that people those people i don't want to say this because i don't want to offend this group we have gotten too sensitive and as somebody who's been bullied for 10 plus years i understand how crappy it is to you know feel torn down but i also see 
where other people come from with their difference of opinions. When it comes to an opinion that is created based off an experience that you have had, I can't change your opinion on that. That's not my place. You've developed that opinion because of what you've gone through. Now, if you're coming at me telling me that I'm a ugly fat hag because of you just feel like it yep you're getting sent to the block party with the rest of the haters but the second thing that I learned is that you are going to be different <laughs> you are going to be different but at the same time you are going to feel so free you're going to feel so free and lightweight the fact that you can just live genuinely and authentically yourself without having to try to please everyone's opinions. Because again, once you just start pleasing yourself and God, you just like live differently. You like people can say things to you and it just bounces off of you. You know, you can say things and people will be like, well, you should change your thoughts on that. And be like, you know what? I respect that you would like me to do that. However, I'm not going to. And it just feels so, so good to just live so freely and just like, floating. <laughs> I said this to my therapist after I've gone to 52 sessions of therapy. Um, and I think it was like halfway through, I was like, Marna, I just feel so much lighter. She's like, yeah, that's what happens when you just like are yourself and you're not trying to live in this world of pleasing earthly people. You're only trying to please your heavenly father. And it just feels so good. But one thing I will say that I did learn that did kind of suck um, is there will be people in your life who are just going to phase out. You know, I would I wouldn't say that I lost friends. Our connections that we had were no longer like there's no ill feelings or like I have no ill will to the people that we've just disconnected. And I think we need to normalize that, you know, there are friendships for seasons and you can have a friendship for a part of your life and then it just kind of fades off because your life has gone different ways. You know, some people get married, some people don't. Some people have kids, some people don't. Some people want to travel the world, some people don't. Some people want to live in the cities in the hustle and bustle life and some people want to buy a bunch of land away from every single human being that possibly is living and just isolate themselves with themselves, their husband, their wife, their dog, their kids, and that's it. They don't want anybody else except maybe their family once every six to nine months. <laughs> like, I think we need to be okay with the phasing out of friendships in a just, you know, natural way of life. Like, putting sugar in water over time, it dissolves and it disappears. But there's no harsh feelings. The sugar and water, there's no hard feelings at all. And I think we need to normalize this when it comes to growing because if you are in a group of people where you are not growing you are doing yourself a disservice every single person has so much potential and so much opportunity and you should never let the people around you hold you back from growth and something that you will find within becoming a recovered people pleaser or doing things for the purpose of your own happiness is there will be people around you telling you to not do things because they are too scared to do it themselves and because you want to go do it they're projecting their insecurities onto you and when I realized this it was like a full epiphany 
it was crazy because, you know, I felt light once I just could start being myself. And the people who are going to love me are going to love me. I always say this. I'm like cilantro, okay? You either are obsessed with me, you love me, or I taste like soap in your mouth. There's really no in-between. But you get to this point where you can genuinely and authentically be yourself. And when you get to that point, your growth is at maximum speed. It's a snowball effect. You get from one growth point to the next and to the next and to the next. And you're constantly reaching to become the best version of yourself because you are no longer trying to please the feelings and the people around you. You're truly just trying to live the life that you want to live because you're chasing after joy. When you chase after joy, you chase after whatever dream that you have and you just put all the opinions of other people aside and you're laser focused on that, you are going to achieve some of the most incredible and remarkable things within your life and even accomplish things that you may never even thought that were an option for you to achieve within your life. Now, I'm not saying being a recovered people pleaser is easy. Getting to that point is easy. Absolutely not. Um, I started going to therapy in August. Was it August or no, it was July. Yeah, it was in July. And I started going to therapy and then I started going to therapy every single week, every single Monday and Tuesday. And um, it really hit hard right after I got married. And you know how people always say the first year of your life is the hardest year of marriage. I would have to say the hardest part of our entire marriage was the first three months of marriage because I was trying to heal this inner child of mine as well as figuring out who I was. And the best part, oh, it's going to make me emotional. Again, I get so emotional on this dang podcast, but it makes me so emotional to have such a supportive and incredible husband who has helped me be able to break my walls down to just be genuinely and authentically myself in front of him like I truly believe he was the first and only person I've ever just been a hundred percent myself with but he also helped reassure me that it's okay to just be me and you know cry and have my bad days and just sit and sulk and just be blah and be okay with it and so as I started just evolving into my true truest form I sound like a transformer like Optimus Prime Um, but once I started transforming into my truest version of who I was I found myself being more happy I found myself being able to pour into people even more it's so hard to pour into other people when you are completely empty it is so difficult and I look back at my life and be like oh damn yeah, I could not give I could not give my full self to people because I was so empty. But now I've gotten to a place where I'm living my life for God. I'm living my life to please him and to please my in my eyes, my bigger purpose of life than the people who are trying to tell me how to live because I've shifted how I just live my life. Guys, it is like a breath of fresh air. And I challenge you, it's not going to be easy. There are going to be days where you feel like absolute crap. You're going to be questioning like, 
you know what, I want to go back to my old ways. And there's definitely times where when I meet new people, I like sometimes pop back into it and I go, nope, not today, sister. You are perfect the way that you are. There's always room for growth, but you are perfect, perfectly and wonderfully made in the eyes of God. And if people can't love you for who you are, you don't need them in your life. You can have people who, you know, um, what is it? Iron sharpens iron and you can have those people in your life. But if you're trying to have somebody dull your sparkle inside your life, Gnosis, you don't need them. You do not need them in your life because it is not going to help you grow. And again, remember the five people that you surround yourself with make up who you are. So if you are surrounding yourself with a bunch of negative Natasha's, sorry if your name's Natasha and you're listening to this, but if you are surrounding yourself with a bunch of negative Natasha's, get get rid of them, sister. You need to surround yourself with a bunch of positive Patricia's, okay? Because the only way that you can grow and you can truly find happiness within your life is when you Every single day you wake up and you say, you know what? I am being 100% myself. If somebody doesn't like me for who I am, that's fine. I don't need them in my life. Bless and release. Provide them grace and say, you know what? Thank you so much for that suggestion. You know what? Thank you. That's the best way they can be like, you know what? F off. I'm not taking that. (laughs) But it's like, thank you so much for that suggestion. I will take that into consideration. You didn't say you're going to listen to it. You're, you're going to think about it. Oh, you thought about it half a second. You know what? I'm not going to do that. <laughs> so truly, you guys, being a recovered people pleaser, it wasn't an easy journey to get to this place. And again, there's still times where I slip, I fall, I mess up. But when you can truly just be genuinely and authentically yourself every single day, no matter what other people say or think about you, you will feel so much better about who you are and you are able to just live life in a much more joyous way than you ever were able to before. Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's podcast. Don't forget to like, subscribe, share, follow, whatever you do um, on whatever podcast platform that you are looking or looking. You don't look at this. You listen to this. <laughs> but thank you guys so much for all the love and all the support over the past few podcasts. Um, I appreciate and love you guys all so much. So with that being said, don't forget you're loved. Don't forget to be kind to one another. Most importantly, don't forget to be kind to yourself, guys. Spread love, not hate. And I'll see you guys on next week's podcast. Bye.